The pearls of the mind are valuable and must be seriously safeguarded from the careless and the unconcerned. But to those who value truths explored, come, think with me. In 2015, I uh, finished a good workout at the gym. It's big in there. Finished a good workout and came home and ran up the stairs in my condominium as I reached the top of the stairs. I went out. I blanked out. I don't know how long I was I was out, but it wasn't it couldn't have been very long. I, I explored it, I have to think about that. But it wasn't very long, I don't think. But I immediately ended up at my doctor's office who told me to meet him at uh, saw me and said, You need to meet me at the hospital so we met there and within an hour and a half I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure and basically told that my heart was was dying and that it would get worse and within a year and a half two years yeah, if I didn't get a transplant I would die of course I didn't believe that mm. the doctor doesn't have the last word hallelujah <laughs> exactly two years from that time I flatlined at Emory Hospital yeah I started to get uh, it's this worsening illness I started to get started it started happening and until that up until the time there was no symptom I didn't feel anything I just get through weights and running and walking all over the place had a great time well when I came to myself after they were admitting me into the hospital there at Emory I woke up to names people were calling my name and trying to wake me up it turned out uh, that I had um, flatline collapsed and three paddles later, I was back on life support, waiting for the heart that I had gone through the rigor of qualifications for, but I would be there six weeks. I was resuscitated. But the process of waiting on the heart was a strenuous one for a lot of people. But oddly enough for me, it was agonizing for only a short time. It took me about two weeks, three weeks to recognize that I seriously was dying and that I was on life support and that I couldn't do things for myself and, and I had to have someone to help me. And I did, thank God. Well, the idea of living on borrowed time has always been a part of our understanding as believers that we live we, when we're conceived in the, in the womb that God knows our due date, in other words, when we'll be born and when we'll die. And so we're living uh, on borrowed time. Old Testament writings give us uh, four score, it's 70 years, three score, four score, and 10. I think it's 70 years. And beyond that, we consider that borrowed time. We're, that, that's, just, that's really blessed. But let me tell you something. The world changed on me. The resuscitated realities of my life became the new me. Then I lost me. I literally died to everything that I understood the way I understood it. 
people want to know all the time. They want to know, well, did you see angels? Did you see the choir stand? And did you walk into the light? No. I didn't have any kind of experience like that. I've had people to get angry with me because I wouldn't sit down and tell them the story of being over there. And I, I had no story. I had no story. It's, it's, it, and I'm telling you, here's, here's my visual for it. And you listen to this. Stand by your television set or anything plugged into the wall. And on the count of three, unplug it. That's what it's like. Yeah, I went into the bathroom to give a urine sample. I came out. And that's the last thing I really, well, that's the last experience I remembered. Activity. There are a couple other things that I remember that I'm not ready to talk about right now. But, but in the going down, I remember going down. I do. I remember life. I remember my knees buckling. And then I remember a distinct voice. People were saying, Casey, uh, uh, Pastor Stevens. And I heard all these names were, were to wake me up. I, I could tell they wanted me to wake up. And, 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 and they were saying, wake up, wake up. And I wanted to so badly. I, I really wanted to. But then I heard a name, Carlton. Carlton, wake up. <laughs> and I woke up. And I looked up. And that was my reality. I felt very childlike and very frightened. And it took me almost six months to get away from that feeling. And in a six month period of time, everything that I held dear was taken away from me without any, any, without any regard for the fragility. People saw you, they just, they see you and they go, well, I'll tell you what. You're a very strong person. You're a very smart person. But I'm a very human person like anybody else. And nobody considered that. But it was okay. Because the boundary is this. The real, not the boundary, I'm sorry. The real truth is this. Who you are is defined by how you recover. Yeah, I'm saying this to people, people who are having chronic experiences. I'm out, here, I'm out here for you now. I'm an advocate for people who are in recovery over some trauma to the body, some trauma, some life-changing experience. I'm trying to tell you that who you really are is not the history of people's relationships with you. Oh, no. Who you really are, your true identity, is in how well you put it back together once it's been dismantled. Hmm. you got to find the new you. And it's somewhere in between the agony of your tears and the distance you feel from everything and everybody around you who no longer understands you the way that you understand yourself. You are everybody else's image. You are everybody else's need. But you have to be who you are. And at that point, I was just a scared little boy. A 60 61-year-old scared boy who had to grow up quick because all the statistics says that a man my age with a heart transplant. <laughs> but they forgot I was a man of faith. I'm a man that believed. Not in the transplant, but in the transplanter. <laughs> you figure that one out. We won't go there. I'll, t I'll catch you in Bible study on that uh, Sunday morning. But right now, I'm trying to get you to understand that your identity 
is in your ability uh, to respond to the liabilities of your life. Huh? The trauma and tragedy define the kind, what kind of troop you are. <laughs> Try to find another T, right? You know what I'm saying? The idea that you can be your resiliency, how well you bounce back determines who you are from the bouncing. But you need a deep bounce to know this. You got you to gotta bounce, baby. Borrowed time living was for one, at one point in my life was just a philosophy. But now it is the raw data of my existence. I have been alive four years longer than medical science said I would be. When I doubted them that I would need a new heart in two years, I was wrong. <laughs> but I'm right now. <laughs> and I'm glad. One day at a time. No resistance of major concern. Not been hospitalized since I left the recovery. But the sense of borrowed time is deeper embedded in me now. And my sense of time, period. I'm anxious in a positive, constructive way. I'm assertive. I'm generated by the idea that tomorrow is not promised. Carpe diem, the Latin phrase. <laughs> Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Carpe diem. Do it now. Because the tragedy of life is that it's a tragedy. It's a short period of time. I say to you who are millennial men, you think, well, I've got time to do this. I've got, no, you don't have time, 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 time. Don't let time deceive you as he has deceived so many before you. And when continue to deceive people, time is an illusion. You have the moment. And it's not about geography, it's not about money, it's not about the great travels, it's not about the places in the world. It's about where you can go in your heart to find the peace you've not known and you know you haven't known it. People who've traveled the world and have money packed up to, to the top of the mountain, jump off the mountain and kill themselves because of the little place in the heart that was never filled. Not just what you got, but what you could give out of what you got. A, say, a place of mutuality and consciousness and inner peace where you didn't stand on somebody's shoulder to get where you wanted to be and then dismiss them as a foundational bother. <laughs> you know, where integrity reigns and you move because you understand movement. You know? And not because you know how to exploit those who move more effectively than you thought you could move. Stealing from them the precious pearls of their minds. The precious, the precious trophies of their hearts. And devising your own way and not discovering that pearls and trophies of integrity cannot be man-centered and man-made. They are giftings from the God of man. You'll find that out on your own. <laughs> but you've got to be 
like most people, <laughs> eager to understand the truths that embrace you. And there isn't but one simple truth, and I take just a short time to talk to you about this. You've got to be resuscitated. <laughs> You've got to come to that place where there is no place. And three paddles later, find that place resuscitated. Until then, think with me. Our time has passed and gone, but the journey moves on forward and upward towards him. Until we meet again, consider the joy of this part of the journey.